0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Out of the Shadows. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Chavez, joined as always by Jim Clark. Hey, hey. How's it going? JC. The big JC. No, not the big Jimmy C.
1: Jimmy C. Big JC is Jesus
0: Christ. I ain't. Did you? Cool. (laughs) Almost, bro. Got to grow that hair out again. Yeah, Yeah, right. (laughs) Um, Did you have a nickname growing up? Did people call you Jimmy, Uh, Jim, James? Uh, most people, all oh, my Jimothy. family called me Jimmy. A lot of people
1: at school call me James. They used to call me when I played football, They used to call me Clark Barr. Um, <laughs> when Clark I would play Bar. hockey, my friends would call me Jim Gina, but that's a whole nother story for me. Yeah,
0: yeah. Did you ever have a nickname that had nothing to do with your name? You know, like some people are called like Moose, you know what I mean? Like the big yeah. dude named Moose isn't really Moose. His name's like Timothy.
1: No, I don't think I ever had, like I said, dude, that wasn't cool. I wasn't that
0: cool. <laughs> I wasn't cool to have a nickname. Yeah, I never had a nickname, really. Well, my family gave me a nickname. Like, I had my own nickname with my family, but, mm-hmm. like, my friends, I never had a nickname with my friends. It was always Chris. Or my yeah. last name. They call me by my last name as a first oh, name really? sometimes, too, which is cool. I, I don't care. Actually, I like that. I like when people call me by my last name instead. Interesting. Um, but, yeah. Anyway, hmm. uh, this is Out of the Shadows, bro. Yeah. We're here to yes, talk movies. Is. We're here to talk horror movies, specifically. We're here to talk. So far, it's 80s horrors movie. Oh, so far it's 80s horror movies uh kind of following along the the uh the layout of films dis- discussed in the uh the documentary into the darkness oh no sorry in search of darkness um did you watch any of the second part yet no i haven't i i, I have it downloaded um, yeah same but it's been i've been a little busy same here dude but it. i like it's I'm itching to, I'm itching yeah. to where I can have an entire four and a half hours to just watch it straight. Cause yeah. I did that one. So that's how I watched the original it was on a weekend. It was, I was, we had nothing to do. And I was just like, I'm just going to fucking watch this. And then four and a half hours, I just sat and watched just decade after decade, <laughs> after decade after decade. And I paused it, made some lunch, came back, watched the rest of it.
1: See, that's, yeah, that's the way to do it. The first time I watched the first one, I, uh, I, I broke it up a half one time, half the second time. And yeah, I think mm-hmm. it's better just watch it straight through. You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: exactly. Um, so yeah, so we're, we're, we're talking horror films. And uh, it's not like they don't know what we're talking about, right? If you downloaded this and you don't listen to us, you saw the title of this episode. Uh, if you listen to us, you already know we discuss what we're watching next on the last episode. So this episode, we're jumping right into uh, a film based on the novel by Stephen King, but produced and directed by legendary i would dare say a legendary director that's an understatement but okay stanley kubrick the shining i don't suppose they uh, told you anything in denver about the tragedy we had up here during the winter of 1970 i heard a man named charles grady is the winter caretaker so from what i've been told i mean he seemed like a completely normal individual but at some point during the winter, he must have suffered some kind of a complete mental breakdown. He ran amok and uh, killed his family with an ax. Well, you can rest assured, Mr. Ullman, that's not gonna happen with me. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Mom,
1: do you really wanna go and live in that hotel for the winter? Sure I do. It'll be lots of fun.
0: The only thing that can get a bit trying up here during the winter is a tremendous sense of isolation.
1: Is there something
0: bad here? I fear you will have to deal with this matter in the harshest possible way. I dreamed
1: that I killed you with Danny.
0: You did this to me, didn't you? I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm just gonna bash your brains. Right before we started this, we were talking a lot, a little bit about our experiences with this film and how like you've, you're, you know, this is a film you've seen a million times. Mm -hmm. I watched this, you know, at least three times now, uh, right before recording and this film, I mean, this, there's so much to talk about with this film, dude, (laughs) this isn't even a film where we start an episode where it's just like, Hey, so what did you think? Cause that's, that feels like it's, it's too demeaning for this film. Yeah,
1: this isn't like a movie that you 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 go to the show and you see it and then you walk out in the parking lot and say, what do you think? Because you no. got to go back and see it.
0: This is the shit the you sit with. Views. Right. Yeah. This is where you walk out of the theater with your friends and you both look at each other in silence and then you walk to the car and you get in the car in silence and you both kind of just sit there before you start the car. Right. And you're both yeah. just kind of like, what the, like, there was so much to unpack here. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, definitely, dude. Uh, 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 definitely up there on my list of films, horror films in general. But uh, uh, I don't know if you know this, but I'm a huge, huge, huge Stanley Kubrick fan. Like he's my—I
0: didn't know that. My That's favorite cool.
1: director, dude. Really love Stanley Kubrick, and I haven't seen all his films, but I don't. Yes, he's my favorite director, but I feel okay not having seen all his films because right. he's not making any more films. For those of you who don't know, the guy's dead. Um, (laughs) So this gives me this gives me new Stanley Kubrick material to experience. Enjoy as go. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, So yeah, dude. Stanley Kubrick is one of these directors that can be very divisive in in the film world, right? And and people who Mm -hmm. like to discuss film and people who like to discuss this kind of thing, he can be very divisive in that. there's no doubt the man was a genius. The man was a legit oh, genius. Yeah, like dude. the vision he had for how things would look on a screen. Right. And what mm-hmm. he needed from actors and actresses and, and his even, I mean, even down to score, like he had his hands in everything when it came oh, to yeah. the making of this film, his films. Um. So there's no questioning genius, right? There's no questioning just the brilliance of what this dude could do. Uh, the innovation, some of the things he was cutting edge in certain things, right? Like he, uh, some of the uh, some of his shots and some of his, his the choices he made in filmmaking uh would go on to be duplicated after that oh yeah right? the guy was the guy was miles ahead of his time man. and and then there's people who will accept that but also say he was a maniac <laughs> the dude was was absolute <laughs> like so you have method actors right you have actors yeah. who they get a role and then they it's like for me to be able to portray it well i have to become this so i'm going to start starving myself a little bit i'm going to put myself through turmoil Mm -hmm. i'm going to i'm going to live on the street for a little bit just to see what this feels like right and so i can i can be informed in how i react a certain way this was like a method director dude this was a guy who like went out of his way and to whatever needed to be done to get what he needed on the film he was going to make sure it got done well uh, and he was meticulous. In his film. Well, you know how they say that there's a
1: there's a fine line between genius and insanity. So yeah. and I think he was honestly, I think he was at least when it comes to his films and when he was working, yeah, I think he was riding that line pretty damn close, dude. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it, it paid off in the long run. Yeah. for Every sure. Every single time. For sure, dude. Every time. Um and you know he was uh he was a photographer before he was a a filmmaker. I did know that, yeah. So that's where yeah. he was able to train his eye and exactly. really really figure out what he wanted out of out of every single shot.
0: Yeah, no, exactly. Dude. And and
1: just the 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 level of perfectionist that this guy was, man, just do it again, do it again. That's good. It's great. Let's do it again. Do it again. Do it again. You know what I mean? Just Yeah. For yeah, for dude. the for the for the love of the art and the and the and the end product, there was no there 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 was no like stopping mid uh mid stride if he didn't like it if it wasn't good enough just keep going keep going we'll do as many takes as we have to
0: yep you know and just as polarizing as this dude was dude you could say the same for this movie oh yeah like like again film film fans and film critics cannot deny that there's something that makes this movie um whatever what it is It, it makes it this kind of this 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 iconic piece of film in 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 film history right like Mm -hmm. i don't know how to like it feels like there are words the words are failing me in regards to how this film is seen right oh yeah in the 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 horror community in the horror community this movie like people look at this film and are just like you want to see expert ghost storytelling right expert Mm -hmm. storytelling in terms of watching someone going mad like you watch this film and watch how it's done and how beautifully it's done and how yeah. how intense it's done. Um, so nobody denies that, but there's people who will look at this and say this movie's too slow. Yeah. Well, uh, again, Chris, I, I've mentioned this
1: before. It's um, it's it's part of the the time period. You know what I mean? Because more so back then, the films were a little bit slower, and we've seen that with the films we've already been watching. Yeah, uh, but also just that's just Kubrick's style. Like if you've watched any of his other films, look at Two Thousand One. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah. Look how slow that movie is, but look at how
0: remarkable that movie is. Yeah. I mean, because it's the point, right? It's like, it's like saying you can have move, you go to a water park and sure you have the the giant slides, right? And you have Mm -hmm. the the crazy wave pools and you have the surf things, but you also have the lazy river and the lazy rivers chill. And you'll like that and you need that. And if you get what, you know, there's people who get enjoyment out of that kind of slow, uh, you know, taking, taking your, your, your enjoyment in. And you're right. He puts his films out in that kind of way. And and it's like, uh, you're not going on a roller coaster ride. I want to put you kind of like in Willy Wonka's little boat through the tunnel and take you through it slowly and show you the madness as it unfolds. Right. Yep. Um, but there are, there are people who are gonna, who are going to say that's the, that's a part of it. There are people going to look at it and say, um, you know, it's not what Stephen King wrote. And Stephen King himself has has famously been very vocal about not liking this film uh, mm-hmm. as a representation of his work. Now he likes it as a stand, as its own thing. He he says you know it's a br- he, there's no denying it's a brilliant piece of of art. He goes, however, it's not what I wrote. It's not my See, story.
1: I think when the film originally came out, he didn't even like it that much. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think he grew. He, he matured it grew on him. And yeah. I think part of that is because of the acceptance of the film in society and how much yeah. society enjoyed it and liked it, that he kind of couldn't deny that part of it. Right. I think, I think that, that, um, resentment of his towards the movie comes from his, uh, I mean, if you, I don't know if you've ever read the book, but the yeah. book is a yeah. very personal story for him. Yeah. And f- and he wrote a first copy of the, uh, uh the script. Uh, for the movie and he gave it to Kubrick and Kubrick threw it away and did his own thing. And I think that kind of just rubbed him the wrong way. I mean, obviously I'm speculating, but I think that kind of just rubbed him the wrong
0: way. No, it did. He's very vocal about it. He's actually spoken about that. You know, the, 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 the story behind the shining and and why you have to feel for Jack Torrance and go through the turmoil he's going through is because you have to understand he's dealing with alcoholism. Like that's Mm -hmm. a, that is like a big part of the story. And it's, it's, barely anywhere in the film. It's me- it's slightly mentioned yeah. in that he lost his temper and ended up hurting his son on accident. Like that's a barely a blip on the screen whereas in the book it's it's a the gravity of the thing of what happens in the book it's a big deal. You know what yeah. I mean? There's so many yeah. different things and themes in the book that King was just like, dude, this just isn't the shining. Like you're taking the points, right? You're taking the bases, but you're not showing us the whole ballpark.
1: Yeah. Um and 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 another one of his his complaints was that uh, when you know in the movie Jack Torrance right off the bat right from the beginning is already crazy.
0: Yeah, he's looking and, like he's mad. Yeah, yeah. And and it was the decision. I don't know if it was Kubrick's decision or or Jack's decision to kind of. Yeah, I want to definitely get into the way that they do yeah. the acting the, or they yeah. do the acting, the The choice <laughs> for for certain performances, because this film is going to require a lot to break down and discuss, dude. Yeah. Um, but just last thing to say on that was like just to say, you know, there's people who look at this film and it does. It gets these two reactions because there are people who will will critique it based on whether or not it's the book. Um, But yes, for me. Outstanding. It's an oh, outstanding yeah, I mean- piece of film, dude.
1: Even even when the film came out, it was it was uh, I got a lot of mixed reviews and the critics were not very favorable of it. I mean, obviously, a because it's a horror movie. Yeah. Uh, but again, B, I think part of it has to come back to that that slowness. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, and even Brian De Palma, who directed um, uh, Stephen King's uh, Carrie, uh, even came out and said that it, Stanley Cooper does not know how to make horror films. <laughs> but obviously obviously time a uh, time can attest that uh views change yeah and, no uh, kidding but um, uh so let me ask you this dude let me ask you this cuz i was wondering about this what is your first experience with this film
0: oh my first how, how about this your first experience with the story in general uh was through the film i didn't read okay. the book till after i already see, had had known and seen the film um And my first experience with it was "Here's Johnny." That was a big thing, so it wasn't it was in pop culture at the time. And I remember that as a kid, I didn't know what it was from, but I remember "Here's Johnny," right? And and kind of doing that all the time. And I remember like putting your hands next to your head and doing it was the point you were supposed to do this when you did that, right? So yeah. Kids would do that all the time and we just did that. And then I learned it was from this movie. So I decided to watch a movie being a fan of horror. uh, I decided Mm -hmm. to, I don't know. It may have been a a VHS rental. I don't know if it was the, I don't think it was later. I don't think it was DVD when I saw it first, Um, but yeah, dude, it was, uh, I just, again, I was, I like pacing certain movies. If it's, if it's done well, the pacing can be this slow and be just as engrossing, right? How -hmm. long is the shot? Following Danny on the tricycle through the halls and just all the way around till we actually get to the payoff where we see, you know, what he sees like it's, there's a lot of just kind of, okay, but if you realize what you're doing is it's kind of building this tension. And if, if you pay attention to sound, like if you're into the sound with movies and realizing how sound affects it. Like listening to his plastic wheels on the linoleum, right? Yeah, and then and yeah, then it to the carpet. Yeah, and then it, and then it goes, and then there's the carpet along the wooden floor. So it's wood carpet, wood carpet, wood carpet. like three or mm-hmm. four strips of of carpet, and it's just this, and then like it's it's this really intense thing that's kind of like building, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I love that stuff. So I remember watching it for the first time, just kind of being like, "This is awesome! Like, this is such an art! Like the artisticness of it, I just loved it." Now it wasn't terrifying, like in terms of like jump scares, like "Oh God!" But oh, yeah. it's 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 scary, dude. There's a lot in that that's really creepy. It's done yeah. very well. And 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 yeah, I mean, and and adding onto that, it's
1: creepy because it's it's not visually scary. You know what I mean? It's not like blood and guts and gore and and monsters and and demons and Michael Myers or Jason or Freddy, exactly. but it's psychological, dude. And I think that that's even worse because then now you're getting into in, into the head where sometimes I don't even know where the thoughts in my head come from, <laughs> let alone what the hell the guy next to me is thinking. You know what I mean? And that or, can be or the voice in your head. <laughs> exactly, dude. And that can be that can be scary very scary you
0: know what i mean but uh um i was why i was just looking up real quick because i wanted to see like what some of the reaction was initially when it first came out and just real quick the last thing i just saw was siskel and ebert that ebert ebert said that uh he complained that that it was hard to identify or connect to any of the characters in this film um, which I can see where he's coming from. I can see yeah, that I piece, see that. but, but maybe it's because he doesn't want to be honest. Maybe back in those days, you know, when, when he's first reviewing a film like this, because those, we can be honest now and say we can definitely connect to all, every one of these people on oh, certain yeah. aspects, certain things that they, they dealt with or how they were dealing with things. You can connect to that. Um, all right, dude, let's get into this movie though. Okay. So it is a basically a movie about, um, on the surface, right? There's a surface piece to this movie. The, the surface piece of this movie is there's this kid who has this power. It's it's more it's like a, a telepathic power, mm-hmm. right? Um, and he's almost like the kid from the sixth sense. He's like the original kid from the sixth sense. He sees dead people as well. He can he can interact with them, he can speak to other people with their minds. He can he kind of gets um premonitions and can see things that are that yeah. you know. Uh, so there's this, there's this kid and his parents, uh, are going well, his dad's a, a writer, um, not addressed in the film again, uh, an alcoholic, but he's a writer who, uh, you know, is taking a job at this huge ski resort. That's about to close down for the winter. It's not a ski resort. Oh, what is it? Just a regular if hotel. Would, yeah. Cause they even, they even mentioned it in the movie, if it was a ski resort, why oh, would it be closed right, during the right. winter time? You're right. You're right. You know what you're right. You're right. Yeah, right. Yeah. St- straight up hotel. Uh, and it's closed down uh, for the winter and they just need somebody to be a caretaker. Shit goes bad. Fix it. Make sure yeah. you're on the boilers for certain parts of the, the hotel. Keep it heated. the water. Keep it. Uh, the parts. Exactly. Freezing. Yeah. And it's like five or six months straight solitude. Uh, and it's just you and your family in this giant place. Right. And uh, he's kind of warned at the beginning. So at the beginning, we get that and we talk about this a lot in, in terms of horror movies. We get that harbinger of danger, the harbinger yes. of doom at the very, beginning, the guy's selling him on this position, you know, uh, before we keep go further, he says, you know, I just want to know, did you, were you told about the tragedy? And he's like, what are you talking about? A tragedy? And he tells him that in the seventies, there had been a family that had been, um, cause this is the eighties, right? Like 1980s. So earlier seventies, like mid seventies. Yeah, talks- t- yeah. So, cause I, I mean, I'm thinking, I figured it was like. I'm thinking the movie takes place
1: earlier. in 1980, and and it took uh, about 10 years ago. They said, uh, so around 1970.
0: Yeah, so uh, this family, you know, this guy brought his family, his two girls, his wife out there to to be caretakers, uh, and basically it had gone crazy, you know, yeah. be, because the 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 solitude, the the snow, the nonstop snow, just the five months of nonstop snow. He said it was cabin fever, basically. Yeah, took a Oof. an axe killed his family stacked them up neatly Yep, (laughs) messed up dude um but yeah so he did he does this right and then uh so so he and and so we the the dad's just like yeah no worries we're good you know i want to write a book my wife she loves ghosts and stuff she likes that stuff so uh, she'll enjoy that atmosphere my kid just wants to roam around and play so they go out there and um, we get jumps in time and as the jumps in time go along, we start to see that solitude is really not helping that yeah. whatever's going on in this place, whatever, you know, evil there is, whatever, you know, spirits there are that are out there that are affecting the people in this house and bringing the ghosts around. Like this whole thing, it's, it's, it's getting to the dad. He's actually, it's starting to affect him. He's interacting yeah. with the ghosts and in, in the bar, have, you know, <laughs> drinks. Um the there it's it just he he ends up basically doing the same thing that happened the 10 years earlier chasing his family down with an axe uh and you know i don't know i don't i'm not it's not a spoiler alert but this is kind of a film that maybe if people haven't seen i don't want to you know i don't want to give it all away but
1: if you haven't seen it stop now Yeah, Go watch the movie. I'm going to say that every single time, because if you're listening and you haven't seen the movie, shame on you doing. Yes. What are you doing here? We'd love to have you here, but
0: come on now. But yeah, so it doesn't work out for him in the end. Uh, But that's, that's the overall surface of the film. That's just the surface piece. Then there's a lot of other things going on, like just the kind of abusive relationship that they had had kind, you know what I mean? She's, Mm -hmm. she's, she's used to him kind of flipping on, on her like that, but yeah, this house now is affecting him more and making it more, uh, I don't know, violent, you know, more violent outbursts. Prominent, yeah. yeah. So, uh, then there's the other piece that this kid, you know, has this ability and that the, when they're being shown around the place, there's a guy that actually knows about that and is trying to warn him that he's got to be careful in this place. Cause there are these kind of evil things that, you know, when they, when they find out about you being special, they kind of, uh, yeah, gravitate they kind
1: of latch onto you. And, yeah. Uh,
0: and it's not good. Yeah. Try to fuck your day up. It's so, um, that's just the story, right? It's a, it's, um, it's simple. It's, it's
1: easy. It's nothing complicated,
0: but it's not, it's, it seems so like, like I said, the words just seem so flimsy, For what the film is, like what the whole, even the story is like, there's so much more. It's intense. It's amazing. It's beautiful. It's visually stunning. Well, you can only, you can only do so much with, with listening. I mean, you got to
1: really see it and then see it again and pay attention and watch and not just watch the characters, watch everything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's just, it's just so dense. Yeah. With just Uh, I don't even, like you said, dude, it's just, I'm tripping up for words. It's,
0: it's right from the get go too. like, you know, mostly movies. We have a slow start we get, or we get a production company, something right. Like, yeah. Screen and music, Boom. And, Dude, it, you, and, and at first, intro. it feels like. At first, it feels like it's a production company. Like that intro looks like those production companies with the over the water and that island coming up real quick. you are waiting frame. for the words to come up for the name, and, and it doesn't. Yeah. It keeps going, and it's so. How did they film this? Do you know this? Was this a plane? Did this, was this old school plane? Or because it no, gets it was really close to. It to, was
1: uh, actually a helicopter, and okay. uh, one I, I I don't know which segment it is, like how many in, but where they're, the, the part where they're coming down closer to the car and they go right by the yes. car. Yes. If you watch at the beginning of that scene to the bottom right-hand corner, you can actually see the shadow of the helicopter on the ground.
0: All right, because I was like, that is such a gorgeous shot yeah. that you would, li- if you didn't know it was 1980, you would think immediately, nice drone shot. Yeah, I've noticed yeah. more and more uh, films are using drones uh, all the time. Like I, I can pick it out now in films when I see it. I'm like, oh, oh that's yeah. a drone shot. Oh, that's yep. a drone shot, right? Yeah. Um, it's so gorgeous. But that whole opening sequence, man. And then, yeah. how weird is it that it's not like title cards or anything like that? It's it's scrolling titles as if it's the end of the movie.
1: Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, dude. And then the music too, going yes. with those long shots, dude. I love the shots. I love the music. The music yes. is just it's setting that scene, dude. It's so creepy and I'm like telling you. Man.
0: It is. It is yeah. good. It's creepy. This move this movie does have a score that is exactly that's what I'm saying. Like he has his hand in everything and he made sure the score was this kind of um it fit. It fit like if you look at 2001 space odyssey and you listen to the score on that, like he knows what he's doing when he uses music to kind of get a feeling across for this film. And it works in all the different moments, you know, in the quieter moments, in the moments of unease, uh, in the, in those just grand sweeping views of, 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 you know, just the way he took shots and, and the way things came at you and dude. And, and, you know, he has this tendency with his
1: films to hire a composer and then not use any of the music, and and he did it for 2001, and he did it for this movie. There's only a couple pieces that the original composers actually composed that are actually in the film. Other than that, it's it's already music that's been written, classical music that they might have re-recorded it in a certain yeah. way to get in a certain aesthetic to it. But it's all music that that's
0: amazing. And been written. That's and it just amazing, fits, and dude. he just
1: throws it in there. You know,
0: that's, that's amazing. Crazy, dude. Yeah, he's very meticulous in terms of sound. He uses the sound to literally. Be, it's it it's another character in the film as a as a whole, as a package. It's it's the flavor. Oh, yeah. It's literally the soul and flavor of what's happening in the film. Yeah, um And on the other side of it, visually, I mean the dude is ridiculous when it comes to visual like how it should look right um the idea of of, i mean just look at the the shots of of the hallway the symmetry the symmetry right how the the colors too just the different color palettes used for certain shots um the the color
1: palette between the carpet in the hallways to the carpet in 237 Yeah. The the colors of the the bathroom in 237.
0: Yes, dude. The the overhead shot of the hedge maze, dude, just all these different things that are just so visually stunning to look at. It's like, it's, it's like food for your eyeballs. Your eyes just want to eat that shit. Like, oh, that looks so nice. That looks so good. Give me more. Right. And he does. He delivers every time. And then even if you want to walk away from symmetry shots and gorgeous shots like that, how about the shed? Like, there's certain times where it was like, man, shots of like, you know, a a, a center center framed uh, um, uh, Jack Nicholson, right? Chin down. Yes, the, the stare. Stare. Yes, exactly. Um, or how about when he's just sitting on the edge of his bed and Danny's coming over there to get his fire truck, right? And it's yeah. just all mad, yeah. kind of weird looking. And just yeah, that kind seems of sitting, a little cringy to me, but... Staring yeah. at him, you know what I mean? But it's yeah. just this the way it's framed and the way he's he looks dude i mean he knows what he's doing and i was just saying how that you know where's johnny like he knew like this thing like it's just scary that it's just there just slightly pushing through what should be keeping you safe you know what i mean yeah yeah and then he's like oh and
1: then you take that one step further how beautiful that shot is but then you put everything together that you've seen in this shot and it completely doesn't make any sense You know what I mean? Like when he's going around on the, on the big wheel and doing the hallways. Okay. Now Mm -hmm. if you take that and you compare it to, uh, you know, maybe another scene of them downstairs, it just doesn't make sense. None of that makes sense. It's all like discombobulated and it's not uh, supposed to be a clear cut, real path. You know what I mean? And that kind of adds that, that, that next level of, I mean, if you're paying attention, obviously you're not going to, I mean, on your first viewing, you're probably not going to catch that. But, but it's, it's subconscious you, or I think I really think it's, it's, it's there. It's yeah, disorienting. It is yes, disorienting. Exactly. And he does you other know? things like there's this scene, uh, the scene where uh, um, uh, Jack and Wendy, Wendy comes in, he says, uh, you know, whatever you hear me doing in here, whatever the fuck you hear me doing, <laughs> stay out. <laughs> it, it's, it's on him. And in the background, there's, there's like a chair against the wall. Right. Mm-hmm. And then it cuts to her. And then it cuts back to him and the chair is gone. Oh yeah. And it cuts back to her. And then it cuts back to him and the chair's there.
0: And he does these. So is it on purpose or is it just little things that he missed? He missed because that's of, the question. I saw the, remember on the, uh, the documentary, right? They discussed this in the documentary, the scene where he's chasing Danny and Wendy through the hedge maze at the end in the snow, right? Yes. No breath. Yeah. You can't see any breath because they're on yes. a stage there. It's shot on a stage. So it's not mm-hmm. actually out in the ice cold, but there's no breath and and see, everybody and that strikes just like,
1: me because he's I'm so meticulous stickler. dude yes as much of a stickler as he is that that wasn't
0: so was the but, chair thing a missed thing during during editing like he had a few shots where he made them do it over and over and maybe one time that you know they ended up moving the chair when they had to do it over and he didn't realize it in putting it together which see, unless you're like studying it you're just too busy looking at jack right you're just watching yeah. this performance See, and that's and that's
1: and that's the real question. I really don't have an answer to that, and I can't even fathom to guess because yeah. it's Stanley Kubrick. The guy takes that k- close of care with every single frame that I would think he would catch that and fix it. Now, I did read, you know, interviews where with somebody who who worked on the production that said, uh, you know, especially with the um, shots of Danny riding around and how it doesn't match up and and make a, a logical. Um, actual path Mm -hmm. uh they said um you know we just had to do what we had to do because of the set yeah but then i've also read other things where you know people said no that's intentional i mean come on it's stanley cooper he 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 does everything there's everything's done for a reason and i and i i don't know i really don't know because it's so it's so one way or it's so the other that there's no middle ground it's either it was done on purpose or it wasn't done on purpose and you don't really know however whether it was done on purpose or not, it still adds that level of, uh, what's the word, uh, discombobulation, I guess. Yeah. Of, disorientation. Uh, disorientation. Yeah. Yes. And it, it adds to the film. So there, there's this thing that we call happy accidents mm-hmm. and I don't know if he's making happy accidents, but if he is, it all came shit, together dude. Out for him, man. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, and you got to add, you got to add the performances too. the performances really just elevate a lot of this film. Right. Um, jack nicholson just i mean the dude is legit legend everybody you know the dude is such he was always hollywood cool and and his the eyebrow thing and his way of talking and the way he smiles and his eye like his whole face he would just exudes cool right so much so that you know in the 80s you get this young up-and-coming actor that decides he wants to be a young jackal nicholson and christian slater have you ever seen christian slater act when he was younger dude no 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 i I might have i don't know off the top of my head yeah i'm gonna i'll i'll I'll, if you have you ever seen the movie pump up the volume no that's gonna be a movie we watch together dude all right we will get into that anyway the dude you know his performance but in this in this it's not so much cool as unhinged or slightly like you said immediately looking like he's going mad like the the choice to to deliver lines a certain way or with certain looks and certain facial things makes me again it makes you question was this on purpose or to, to make you feel uncomfortable from the get-go which you already felt because of the music at that very opening just kind mm-hmm. of you know title sequence or is this kind of Jack trying to be you know this other way of doing it and he can't help it because would somebody else have played it you know what I mean as yeah. well
1: I mean look at it- Somebody else did play it, in, what was it, ninety seven? Oh yeah, 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 so, yeah.
0: Poof, I never saw. It.
1: Yeah, never saw. I it. saw parts of it, and it was just. Uh,
0: you can't, even, dude, because it. it's like if if not, then what you're doing is an impersonation of Jack uh, Nicholson yeah. playing Jack Torrance, right? Yeah. Uh, but yeah. It's, he is. He's the role, and so the the whole time all the time he's around and there's a delivery there's this uncomfortableness the way he does it man he makes it so that you're you're nervous like the scene you were just talking about when she interrupts yeah. him in the middle of that writing right it starts out normal enough just a slight irritation he's he's speaking normal toned Yes, you can tell he's irritated, but he's talking right. But he's keeping it level. Yeah. 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 And as she continues to go, but her, she's not picking up at all on any irritation. And she's got this happy go-thin thing. And you could tell it's just irritating him. And it's bothering him that she's that happy that he needs to knock it off quick. And he just starts to elevate, right? And back and forth. And then you start to see her realize it and pull back. She's almost like that 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 helpless doe right with mm-hmm. a giant hunter over her with a gun like she's just there like like oh i'm sorry you know what i mean like and it's yeah. like it's uncomfortable it's like what it's like being in the middle of a room and literally seeing a relationship where it's that abusive and like you're witnessing it happen but you can't really yeah. say anything it's very uncomfortable to watch that scene you know what i mean yeah yeah for sure Dude, the performances <laughs> Good see
1: Lord. i uh, okay so Jack Nicholson is obviously a drop in the bag. Obviously, Jack Nicholson, great, yeah. great. Yep. I don't like Shelley Duvall's performance in this movie. Really? I don't, and I never have. And every time I, like I try to like mousy. it, I just, I just don't. And, it, and yes, I understand and I know the things that she went through for this film and what Stanley Kubrick put her through mm-hmm. for this film. But I still don't like her performance, man. I It's just not, I don't know. I just don't think it. Personally, I just don't think it's good acting, dude. <laughs> but I, I've i always felt that way. And yeah. Every time I try to dive
0: back in and, and change my mind, I just, I can't. Yeah. See, I feel like it works. I feel like it works in terms of that's the point to her. Even, even if it's not that she's acting, because you know that there's people who say there's acting and then there's acting where you're just kind of being yourself, but it works yeah. for the film. So you can just be you just act a certain, you know. Be you if you were sad. How do you? How are you when you're sad? Be sad. Don't yeah. overact. You know what I mean. So there's that, and I feel like that's that's kind of part of how she is anyway. There's this kind of, um, you know, this this almost innocent, frail kind of mousy thing about her back then. Mm-hmm. That it was it was more along the lines of her just being kind of herself. But if that was her in that role, like in that situation, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I thought it went well with what was going on with Jack, and especially for the whole story um but yeah dude that that scene has always made me feel so uncomfortable because of the shots and the way he he just does this thing where it's right on her face and her face she's got this face that is just kind of you know it's it was creepy and you could tell she was just kind of like oh shit i didn't and and she was terrified almost you know yeah i don't know i think they, they it was all good dude scatman Carruthers man oh my god dude
1: how awesome is he dude even he, even he broke down on set and started crying from what I understand. Cause I know really? how brilliant Kubrick was. Yeah, dude. Wow. He was like, just cause they, the guy was like 76 or something like that. And he just, Cooper again, let's go again. Let's go again. Let's go again. And the guy's like, fuck dude. What do you want from me?
0: Wow. You know? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I got to look at, I've, I've, I've heard a lot of things and I've read things here and there, but nothing in depth. I got to look a, up a documentary or something about, you know, the making of this. Yeah. Um, well,
1: watch. Uh, I haven't. I haven't ever seen it, but I hear like, especially to see these types of things, especially with um, uh, what's an Oh, Shelley Duvall. Watch yeah. the documentary that Vivian Kubrick made while they were making the movie. Oh, all right. Like, I haven't seen it. I got to see it. But from what I understand, you can see it plain as day in there. Like wow. I, I guess even like he he pulled Vivian, his daughter. His daughter's name is Vivian. He even pulled her aside and said, "Look, don't don't uh, sympathize with Shelly. Don't do that." <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, dude.
0: Like He's like, she's an actress. She's doing. Yeah, dude. Um, Yeah. The only one, I got to tell you, so (laughs) it's always hit or miss with kids. This is always a discussion when it comes to critiquing a film and and you're going to critique performances. It's always hit or miss with kids. So I always liked the fact that he is kind of a creepy little kid, that he's kind of like this Mm-hmm. But I it just drives me the way he delivered lines drove me nuts. The very really slight muttery, there were sometimes you couldn't understand what the hell he was saying. I was like, bro, okay, I gotta put subtitles on just so I can know what you're saying right <laughs> now. Cause it was, but it was good. Like I get it, right? There's this almost like catatonic state that he's in at times. But mm-hmm. I don't know, man. It was <laughs> I don't know. There was times where I was like can you just please like enunciate? Cause I don't know what you're saying, kid. <laughs> no, I hear you. You know, you know who I think was like, granted the guy didn't
1: have much, but the first scene when Jack comes in for his interview mm-hmm. and the other guy comes in, I think his name is Watson, right? <laughs> that guy. Oh my God. He's just, and then there's this shot where you're just watching where they're watching him and it was on him. And I'm like, that's really fucking weird that we're watching him right now. But then, <laughs> then dude. And then going back when, when, they come out to get Jack, and he's sitting there. And he gets up in the chair, and he puts the magazine down. And then uh, he tell uh, uh, the the hotel manager tells the other guy. He says, "Oh, go get their bags." He goes, "Fine." And then walks <laughs> off. <laughs> I was like, "Damn, salty much." But that <laughs> magazine that Jack's holding and reading—do yeah. you know what he's reading? No, what is it? Playgirl. He's reading Playgirl. Really? Yes. And is and it on granted, screen? I don't think I noticed it. Yes, it is. I think. It's, he's- <laughs> <laughs> Watch an HD version of it and, okay. and really get close and look because you can really make it out then. Oh uh, my but yeah, God. It's, it's a playground. And that, and that feeds into a whole theory, uh, theme theory throughout the movie and we can we can go into that here we can go into that you and me later it doesn't matter but
0: i think we're going to have a companion episode to this because like i said i want to watch that documentary on the making of cuz this is yeah. too big to cover in one episode to be honest oh, like yeah, we're going to discuss our our initial thoughts and things on it but i'd like to revisit the shining in terms of stuff like this did you notice this there was always these theories these lines cuz there's yeah. again there's so much to go into especially like I think you can have a whole entire episode on what the what does it mean to have him in the picture at the very end. Oh yeah, like, like easily, what does that easily, mean? You know easily, what I mean? Dude. Like there's so much easily. happening in this film, but yeah, that's, uh, we'll definitely get into that. Um, I've not I've not heard this, but I'm so interested. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So he's reading a play, Ryan. Granted, it's 1980. I understand that. I mean, I have a couple of old uh, like 1976, I think in 1978, old, uh, penthouse Playgirls? magazines, oh. no penthouse <laughs> because they have, they have the first publishing of Stephen King stories in them. And mm-hmm. sure. Back it's then for the, it wasn't, I'm just, sure it's yeah. for the stories. You know what? It's I'll, I'll tell you, there's more, there's more cigarette ads and there's more alcohol ads in those magazines oh, than yeah, anything else. Sure. But, uh, those magazines weren't just about going and, and seeing some tits and, and you know what I mean? There, yeah. there were stories in there. There were interviews. There was, there was more to it than just the pornography aspect of it. So I can, I can, I can see that why he's reading playgirl for that reason. However, if you, you take that and you take, um, I won't mention it here. Cause we're going to talk about it later, but there, there's a story in the magazine that's right on the front cover. And if you look at that and you look at other things throughout the movies, it really draws this underlying theme throughout the movie. Ooh, that sounds yeah. awesome,
0: dude. That's yeah. definitely something.
1: It's fucked up. Into. It's really fucked up, but that's,
0: yeah, that's going to be awesome. Yeah. Um. Lastly, I think, I think, um, yeah, we're going to have to wrap it up here soon. Cause I don't want to go too far over, uh, but okay. So we discussed a lot of the acting. We discussed the story. We discussed music. I mean, effects, Effects, dude. I mean, like it looked great. Yeah, I mean there wasn't much, but blood
1: Scatman brother's got a fucking axe in the chest. That looked great, dude. Looked great Frozen Jack. Frozen Jack, yes. The blood coming out. That's oh my god. That's one one of the most favorite shots in cinema history. Yes, it's the most iconic scene. Coming out of the uh the uh the elevators and the MPAA at the time did not let blood into green band trailers. So Kubrick went to the MPAA and told him, Oh, it's just rusty water. And he convinced him that that's rusty water.
0: So they put that <laughs> shot in the trailer. Yeah. That's amazing, dude. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Um, there's the makeup on the dead woman from the tub. Oh, oh my god, that, that scene too. Good. Holy shit. Again, as a super kid watching slow that scene, dude, that scared the fucking shit out of And Super slow paced, right? And like, what yeah. is that? And when you're seeing and it and you're for like, the first oh my time. god,
1: dude, you're a little kid. You're like, yo, this dude's in the bathroom, he's making out with this naked, beautiful
0: woman. And then you look in the mirror and you're like, no, Oh no, thank you. Shit. No, <laughs> yeah. Dude, oh, yeah, there's a lot in this that, that is really good, man. Um, but
1: but overall, oh for I, me, you know what other scene I like? the skeleton scene with wendy when she comes yes. into the ballroom
0: and there are all the skeletons in the room yes man oh uh, there's yeah man there's so much there's so much in this film yeah this is definitely uh, needing to be another episode yeah yeah well we're gonna we're definitely we're gonna revisit the shot it's gonna be titled revisiting the overlook hotel yeah I've there we go made, i've already named the future episode <laughs> for viewers
1: who aren't aware before we get to that And before you listen to that episode, whenever the hell that comes down the road, go watch Room 237 as well. Uh. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Wait, which what? one is that? Hold
0: on. Oh, no, no, no. You know what? I'm thinking of a different movie. I'm thinking of the the one Stephen King story with, um, what's his name, where he stays in that, that one oh, room? 1408? That's the one I was thinking of.
1: No, no two, three, uh, it's literally called Room 237. And it's like an hour and a half long. I watched it before I watched this again for the podcast. It's a it's like an hour and a half long documentary where they interview all these people about the movie and, and talk about these underlying themes and oh, what nice. a lot of this can mean. and. Uh, some of it is stretching, but a lot, but uh, like, again, it's Stanley Kubrick, man. It's yeah. like this, all, all this material points to this interpretation in this. And it's like, okay, but how can you, how can you refute that? And then, how can you not believe it? But at the same time, it's like, okay, I, I, I don't know, dude. The movie is just so, like I said, so fucking
0: dense, man. I'm gonna watch it, dude. I'll watch that documentary and I'll tell you as soon as I'm done what I thought of it. Yeah. And then, but we're definitely gonna revisit this very soon because I don't want it to be too far. I want it to be still fresh, yeah. in our minds. I'd like to revisit this. Um, but yeah, dude. Overall, for me, this film holds a place in horror history. Uh, you know, it's it, it not just horror in cinematic. You know, oh um, yeah, I'm of the mind that you know I'm a very I'm a fan of his work as well. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I'm a fan. You know, I'm a fan of Jack Nicholson. I'm a fan of the way this film looked, the way it made me feel, the unease. There's so much in this film, um, and like you said, because it's so dense, I like that. I like movies that could literally make you talk for hours and hours and hours, just unpacking, almost like a Russian doll, right? You unpack one and you find another one underneath. And you unpack that one and just just keep going. There's more and more behind it. Um, See no. now,
1: I gotta, I gotta, I gotta come clean, dude. Last episode, I said something that wasn't necessarily true. Um, <laughs> uh, I think it was just, I was just in in the in the mode and just spitting words out. Uh, yeah, but yeah. I said something to the effect that of when I come into a horror movie, I don't come in to think. That is absolutely not true. I yeah. don't know why I said that again. It was just in the moment. But well, it depends on the horror
0: movie. I would say right, like you come into a movie, but you enjoy things that make you think. Yes. But you're not going in expecting I'm I'm gonna think on this one. You know what I mean? You don't know that.
1: Not yet. necessarily true i do oh really a lot of movies with a lot of movies yeah okay um more so because i like i like we were talking before we started uh i i usually watch the trailers for movies so i know usually what i'm getting into based on who the filmmaker is i usually know what i'm getting into i'm trying not to watch trailers anymore um however i still know what i'm getting into you know based on
0: gotcha director and so you know if it's a think piece yeah yeah unless it's an unknown i go in there just films the unknowns who you don't know who the director or you know what i mean
1: no 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 just movies that make you think oh all right especially yeah, yeah. horror movies but yeah i mean unknown movies yeah but the fuck is this oh yeah. this is kind of kick-ass yeah yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: I'll, I'll, I'll divulge in this yeah imagine 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 what it was like dude seeing shining for the first time when it was in theater like what it was like not knowing what the world was like before the shining and then getting i've
1: actually that. seen this on the big screen really um, nice yeah yeah and it was fucking gore i've seen a couple uh, i've seen like 2001 i try and catch halloween every year i've seen Nightmare on elm street uh a
0: lot of the classics huh
1: yeah yeah uh nice. raiders are lost ark titanic oh. yeah dude and they're all fucking that's where movies are meant to be seen man on the yeah. big screen exactly. i don't care what anybody
0: says exactly i'm gonna have to find where they're showing this at, around us at some point here in the future because i gotta see this on the big screen i think it'd be amazing imagine it on imax bro <laughs> oh, uh, see here's the thing though because I went and saw it, would it mess it up I went
1: and saw I went and saw Raiders of the Lost Ark in IMAX
0: and it was blurry oh because it wasn't the
1: because they had to convert it yes uh, from no, the never old mind. style never
0: mind. no thanks yeah
1: and, then, and I'm afraid that's what would happen with this nah, see I went nah. and saw Titanic in 3D in IMAX and it was fucking gorgeous dude and I usually wow. don't like 3D movies but it worked so well with that coming through the water and seeing it's the also ship James Cameron
0: so that homeboy makes yeah. sure it's gonna look good yeah. right yeah no but but yeah, I'd love to see Shining on big screen. I loved it overall. I love it. And and I know for sure. I mean, you don't even have to say you loved it as many times as you've seen it. We know, oh, yeah. we I mean, know you love it.
1: As big of a fan of Kubrick as I am, as big of a fan of Stephen King as I am.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: I'll give it. What, what do you give it uh, out of five? All uh, five. Snowcats. 17. 20, 17. 17. 25.
0: All right. I, you know I what I like mean? That. Yeah. It's just rad, dude. I don't think. I mean, you can pick out little things and nitpick. But overall, I mean. I think you're just being uh, you're just being petty if you try to say that this is... not like If you try to go against the fact that this is one of the greatest films.
1: Oh, yeah. No, I I agree with that. I mean, you, but you can sit there and watch any film yeah. and, and
0: pick things out. And yeah. Obviously, you're gonna. It's
1: made by a human being who's not yeah. perfect. You know what I mean? But Exactly.
0: Well, they're it's gonna not perfect because we haven't made our film yet. That's why. Uh, well, yes, that's true. <laughs>
1: we haven't even conceptualized our film yet.
0: <laughs> Wait, but, we're I writing mean, a film? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude. Uh, so what's what are we doing next? What's the next movie on Doc? Uh, okay. you know There's what, only dude? a few more left in 1980 and we're almost done. And we can yeah, jump into dude. some other fun yeah. stuff Yeah, I Uh continue. Uh, uh, dressed to Kill. Oh, Dressed to Kill. This is going to be interesting. Yeah, this, I don't think... This, okay, this movie. is going to be interesting. I'm really going to be interested to see what you think on this one. I'm not going to look anything up about it. Actually, the next four it. in a row, I'm going to be very interested to th- see what you think. So Dressed to Kill, I'll be interested to see what you think. Uh, fade to Black... I mean, it's all right. Fade to black. Motel Hell, I'll be interested to think, but Maniac is one that I really want to know what you think. See, and I've never seen any of these, so uh, none of these four. Yeah, these are legit 1980-style horror movies, so... Like, we just came off of an art film that's just considered a pinnacle. Like, this next film, the, the next few films we're about to watch is, is kind of like a shake-up that says, don't forget you're in 1980. The <laughs> last,
1: the last, all the films we've done so far are are, are are kind of like that. I mean, maybe not so much as The Shining, but they're all pinnacles like that. Yeah. horror, especially yeah. in the 80s. The, the Fog, The Changeling, uh, Friday yeah. the 13th, The Shining. You're right. They're, now, they're now. part of that core. You know what I mean? And now we're kind of starting to get into that, like, like b horror movie real yeah you know what i mean yeah. and but is they is become cool real classics yeah, yeah yeah
0: this is gonna be fun yes. um all right dude before we head out of here is there anything you want to say before uh you want to tell the listeners
1: uh I, I do have something to promote uh do it find them on instagram uh they're called purgatory candles they're based in la uh it's two uh two individuals who make candles and they actually have a room 237 themed candle it's uh basically like horror can't themed candles they got like uh evil dead, they got Dracula, they got get out uh, really, yeah dude, purgatory candles and and the uh, the room two three seven one they put uh they make like little I, I there's a word for it, I forget what they're called, but there's like little things that they make separately from the actual candle uh-huh. and they pour it and then stick it on top and it's still made a wax and it still burns, but what they did for the uh room two three seven one is uh they put a little axe in there
0: oh that's cool yeah yeah purgatory candles
1: yeah it's called uh purgatory candle co for company okay Uh, you can find them on instagram uh like i said they're la based they make them in batches they sell out of them and then they make more batches and then they put them up gotcha Uh, so oh man i I, I, I I have a feeling i'm gonna
0: be getting some candles here now yeah dude um awesome awesome uh other than that guys thanks so much for listening make sure you head over to the website bicvp-radio.com check out some of the other shows on the network make sure to throw some support their way as well um other than that you know we're good we're done we're coming back at you next week with dress to kill uh for jim clark this is Chris chavez reminding you to keep your eyes on the shadows